come to know Jesus and helping them to grow in Jesus. Our purpose is then to include them in a loving church family. We do this in worship through our services. We do this in fellowship through our small groups. And we do this through service as we come together and work with one another uh, in the ministries of this church family. And our purpose is to make an impact in our region and beyond for the cause of Jesus Christ. By the way, I want you to know this week at Vacation Bible School, we were a church family that inspired young people to develop a heart for God. We included them in worship and included one another in fellowship and service, and we made an impact. And, and so we want to be very purpose-filled in everything we do as a church. If it doesn't fit into our purpose, it needs to be pushed to the side. And so I'm grateful this week we accomplished that mission. And so today we're going to focus on the final statement in our purpose statement of making an impact in our region and beyond for the Lord. <laughs> Now, that's a lofty goal. Uh, some could even say, really? Really? You're going you're gonna to make an impact in your region and beyond? Some, some might suggest that that's an impossibility. What we're going to see today is it's entirely possible. Not only is it possible, it's been done many times in the course of history. And we're going to study today a passage in the New Testament that I believe is the greatest example that we find in the Bible of a church that actually achieved mission critical. They did what Jesus gave them to do, and in so doing, they made an impact. Their labor for Jesus and others was so exemplary that they left us a pattern that'll work in any church, it'll work in any place, it'll work in any time. And so we can be greatly encouraged knowing that we're studying a timeless truth found in God's inspired and preserved word for us. And I believe that God can reveal his truth to us this morning. So we're going to be greatly, greatly helped. If you're able, I'd like to invite you to join me in standing. And uh, we're going to look this morning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we're going to get through the first uh, 10 verses in this passage, and I want you to really follow along with me as I read this. It begins in verse 1 by saying this, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus, unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord. Now I'm going to read on. You may wonder, how can you follow a person in the Lord Jesus Christ at the same time? If the leader that you're following is following Jesus, that's when it works well. And in a spiritual setting, we know that uh, the person has to have a life that matches with the qualifications and the qualities that we find in the word of God and and as there's a godly leader who's following the Lord he said you guys followed us but he said we want you to know it was never about us you were ultimately following the Lord having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost so that you were in samples or examples to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia for from you sounded out the word of the Lord not only in Macedonia and Achaia but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not 
to speak anything. Now again, I'll read on, but it's amazing what Paul says there. He said, you guys were so thorough making an impact for the Lord. Man, when we visited your area, we didn't need to share Jesus with anybody because everybody had already heard about him. You guys did an amazing job. We need not speak anything. Verse 9, for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. I'd like for you, if you would please, uh, to look back to verse 8. Well, the Bible says, from you <coughs> sounded out the word of the Lord. Our Father, we're very grateful today that when we open the Bible, we're not opening just some ancient text. We're opening your word for us. And God, we pray that as the word is opened, so too will our hearts be opened. May we not just be spectators today, but may we truly receive what you have for us so that we may live out your truth. Thank you for what you've already done in this service. We pray that you'd continue. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. You may be seated. <clears throat> I've heard it said many times, if you ever find a perfect church, whatever you do, don't join it. Because you will ruin it. And that statement is a little bit tongue-in-cheek. The point is, there are no perfect churches because churches are comprised of people. There are no perfect people. Therefore, there are no perfect churches i've heard of a few perfect churches you know it's the ones you used to attend every now and then i'll hear of the perfect churches but there are no perfect churches because there are no perfect people but there are some incredibly blessed powerful uniquely used churches of jesus christ we find one of those churches in this passage before us today we're talking about churches today that 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 knew how to hone in on the mission critical elements of what we're to do I'm talking about people who obeyed the commands of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said in Matthew 22, uh, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. He went on to say, the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, let me boil all of the commandments in Scripture down for you if I may. Love God and love people. That was the simple teaching of Jesus. Love God and love people people and i think every god-loving church would be overjoyed at the commendation given by the apostle paul to this church in thessalonica now i want us to really understand what paul said of them in verse 8 so let's look again in verse 8 he said for from you sounded out the word of the lord not only in macedonia and achaia but also in every place your faith the god word is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything he was saying guys you did such a proficient job of sharing the good news of jesus that everybody in your city <coughs> excuse me and everybody in your surrounding area they knew the gospel so well that they knew who jesus was what he had done and they knew what that could mean for them now that didn't mean that everybody in their city received jesus as their personal lord and savior but they had an opportunity to and we know that many thousands did believe you talk about an impact, an impact. Imagine somebody visiting northern San Diego County, and they come here for the express purpose of telling people about Jesus Christ. First person they meet, they say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about Jesus Christ. And that person says, I already know about Jesus Christ. He's God the Son. 
He came, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross, he was buried three days later, he rose again from the dead, and through faith in that which Jesus has done, I can be saved. And that person says, boy, you do know about Jesus. They go to the next person, same answer, next person, same answer. And, and everybody they talk to in northern San Diego County, imagine if all of them knew who Jesus was and what they had done. How awesome would that be? When I read something like this in the Word of God, where that was the case in this area of Thessalonica, my mind immediately goes, how did they do that? Maybe more importantly, uh, in whom did they do that? We know it was all done in the power of the Lord, but, but how did they do that? And, and we know it's not common for a church to have such an impact. It's, it's not often that a single church so loves Jesus and their community that they work diligently and systematically to saturate every corner of their area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And thankfully, we've got some great insight in Paul's letter to this church that shares God's heart for all of this. We find a, a path that if followed will enable us to fulfill our mission critical purpose. And, and in verse 8, we saw what I believe is, is really their impact that was made. Uh, the engine that kept them moving forward, however, I believe is found in verse 3. So in verse 8, we find the byproduct of a mission critical purpose focused church. We find the byproduct. But really, we find the product of a mission-critical, purpose-focused church back in verse 3. And as we look at a faithful church, I want us to begin today with the first thought I'll share with you. I want us to see their intention to follow Christ was clear. Their intention to follow Christ was clear. Now, there's a world of difference between having good intentions and living an intentional life. If you were to look the word intentional up in the dictionary, it would say to be deliberative or to be purposeful. This whole series of messages is about being purposeful, living for the purpose of Jesus Christ. These people lived intentional lives. They knew what needed to be done, and then they got to work. So let's go back to verse 3. It's there where Paul could say of them, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Now I want you to notice the expression work of faith why did this church work they had faith they believed in the lord they believed in his words they believed in his commands they had a work of faith their intention served as a powerful and motivating force because it was connected to their faith in god you see service is a byproduct of worship when people learn to worship god they can't help but work for god because what we believe has an impact on our behavior. Any church that makes an impact in the lives of others for our Lord must be willing to do the work of ministry. It's just that simple. I like the story of the man who got very sick and he went to the doctor, his wife accompanied him, and they did all kinds of tests, all the blood work, everything you can think of. And when they got to the end, the doctor did something strange. He asked the man, who was the one they were testing, uh, would you mind waiting in the, in the uh, waiting area? I need to speak to your wife. And he talked to this man's wife and he said, listen, it's bad. Your husband, everything he's dealing with is because of stress. And if changes aren't made immediately, your husband will die. And so for the next minimum of one year, uh, your husband needs to be treated with great care. He needs to sleep in every morning just till he wakes up on his own, no alarm clocks. Um, and he needs to get three square meals a day. I mean, fresh cooked 
meals, a lot of meat and vegetables. Uh, every evening after dinner, he needs at least a one hour long uh, massage, and uh, you need to care for him, you need to tuck him into bed, you need to shower him with affection, never anything critical, only positivity. You need to serve your husband hand and foot for a minimum of the next year of his life, or he'll die. And the lady took the instruction the doctor gave and quietly walked to the lobby, and they walked to the car in silence, not a word was said. When they finally got in the car, the husband asked his wife, so what did the doctor say? And the wife said, the doctor said, you're going to die. That's what he said, okay? <laughs> I'm afraid it is in every church to count the cost of what ministry requires and to come to the conclusion, I'm not sure it's worth it. So many churches reach a point where the needs of the members at that moment are being met and and they just mail it in for the future. The, the thought is, well, we've done pretty good. And there's a seat for me, a place for me. I'm, I'm happy. I'm not really worried about everybody else who's yet to be reached with the gospel. And, and let's just coast to the finish line. But friends, I'm here to tell you today, that is not the heart of a church that makes an impact for God. The church literally went after every single person in their entire region. And that is the heart of Jesus Christ for his church. See, it was Jesus who said in Mark 16, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. No exemptions, he said. Everybody needs to hear the gospel message. And with nearly 21 years of history, I can say, praise God, we've, we've seen some good things happen in a start. We've, we've been continuing to our best of ability, but the measure of a church is not what they did yesterday. It is how they press forward doing that, which Jesus would say is mission critical. This church achieved their mission-critical purpose by their work of faith, by their labor of love. Love compelled them to labor. By their patience of hope. Patience there speaks of endurance. They continued in the work even when it was difficult because they had hope in that which the Lord had given them to do. That was their intention. And nothing, nothing got in the way of fulfilling their purpose in life. Their intention to follow Christ was clear. Here's the second element I'll share with you from this church. Their increase in Christ was compelling let me explain to you what i mean by that you see in the process of doing their best to reach others for jesus christ here's what this church found as they served their lives were transformed they were growing personally as they grew as a church some people would would think you know if you're going to be an evangelistic church you're you're not a very deep church you're not really into discipleship and the deeper deeper things of the word of god and and uh, you, you think it's an either, either or kind of thing but what this church was was a church it was deeply spiritual they were growing in the lord they were being transformed in their own lives while they were living out their faith in verses six and seven the bible says it this way and ye ye is plural you all church you all became followers of us Paul said uh, as leaders you you followed us and of the Lord having received the word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Ghost he said it wasn't easy but you received the word you lived it out I want you to notice that this church in Thessalonica it grew as people were inspired to develop a heart for God as they were included in a loving church family but there was way more growth taking place than just numerical growth in a church in a twist here that is so ironic, we have to see God in the middle of it. These people grew personally as they participated 
in the work of God. Listen, only in Jesus can we expend energy and find that our strength is renewed at the same time. And that's what this church experienced. While in the midst of intense ministry, a fatigued and hungry Jesus was approached by his followers who encouraged him to take a break and to eat a meal. And it was in that moment that Jesus said in John 4, he said, I have meat to eat you know not of. Now Jesus there was not teaching us not to eat lunch. He's not teaching us that we, we don't need to eat meals in the course of a day. You know what Jesus was saying? He was unpacking a deeply spiritual truth. He was teaching us all that in the course of serving God, we develop spiritual muscles that would otherwise go undeveloped or at the minimum underdeveloped. Jesus said, I find in the midst of this work that I'm energized, I'm renewed. And friends, there is a knowledge, a wisdom, and a power that is only known by those who live out their faith for Christ. How many of you would guess I'm probably a pretty big advocate of Bible study? I'm telling you today, you could study the Bible every day for 12 hours a day and still never personally know the power that God can give you in the course of service and ministry if you don't serve or minister. We had a man in our church this week, a good man, who had the opportunity to share the gospel with a boy, and the boy got saved, and I heard about that, and I just sent him a text. I said, man, I heard you got to lead a boy of the Lord tonight. Uh, that's, that's great. And, and he said, yeah, it was awesome, and he went on and on. Listen, that man would have never known the power of the Holy Spirit using him to share the truth of the gospel had he not shared the truth of the gospel. He was empowered in a way he never would have been had he not said, here am I, Lord, go ahead and use me. I'll serve children. I'll serve wherever you would have me. God, use me. I want you to notice again the wording of verse 6. Paul wrote this, and you became followers of us and of the Lord. So what we find here is they coalesce behind the direction of their leaders, and at the same time they were following Jesus Christ because their leaders were. And, and, and the word for what we see there is disciple followers and and you don't get to grow as a disciple by knowing what jesus knew i'm not against knowledge i'm a big fan of knowledge but you are not a disciple of jesus christ just because you know some things that jesus knew you're a disciple as you do the things that jesus did learning should only add to our obedience i had a couple professors in college that taught courses for my major. My major was called pastoral theology. And uh, there was another major called church ministries, and the only difference in the two is pastoral uh, theology majors had to take Greek. If I had to do it over again, I'd probably church ministries. That Greek about killed me, you know? But uh, I had a couple professors in college that I greatly appreciated, and they helped me a lot. But, but one of them, who was really the most credentialed guy on the teaching staff, he, uh, uh, he knew so much. The guy was probably a genius. I mean, I just marveled every day at what this guy knew. But it was a bit dry, and we went to the same church, and I noticed that I never really saw him during our outreach times. He didn't teach a class in the church. He was a professor. His role was behind a lectern. I had another teacher. He's now in heaven. His name was Keith Kaiser. Every time there was soul winning and outreach at our church, he was right in the middle of it. He didn't say, I'm a college professor. I don't have to do those things. I've grown beyond that. He said, no, this is what it's all about. It's right in the middle of it. 
Not only did he have a full teaching load at, at, at the college, in the church we, we attended together, uh, he was always involved in teaching classes and, and doing so many things like that. He was the kind of guy, if you shared something you were going through, he's one of these guys, he would just cry at the drop of a hat. I mean, he, he had a heart, a heart for people. And it seemed when he talked about Jesus, he had just spent time with him personally. He wasn't speaking of some historic figure. Now I'm thankful for each of those men who spoke truth into my life, but which one do you think made the greatest impact? The one that lived, lived his faith. There's something compelling about a Christian who continues to grow in his or her life, and it's no accident that those who grow personally contribute the most to the growth of God's work on earth throughout the local church. Serving does not mean a, a life that's not fully developed in terms of maturity. It's to be an outgrowth of that maturity, their increase in Christ. It was compelling. There was something special about it. The final thought I'll share with you today is this, their impact for Christ was continuous. If you're still with me, say amen. amen. Their impact for Christ was continuous. So Paul's testimony about this church, it was incredible. Again, we'll go back to verse 8. He said, it's for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. He literally said, guys, you're, you're, you're a sharing of faith in Jesus Christ. It was so thorough. You covered your entire region. But, but I want you to think, and back in verse 7, he said this of this church, so that ye were in samples, or you were exa examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. So we've got a church here making a regional impact. They're examples to other churches, and, and really uh, their, their message even extended far beyond that. It was spread abroad, the Bible says, and it's easily understood this church had a no-quit attitude when it came to making an impact in their region. But, but here's the deeper truth in this point. Their impact went beyond their region. In other words, this church helped other Christians and helped to make others aware of the gospel and helped other churches because it was not a competitive thing. It was a cooperative thing. They sought to be a blessing. You know what's challenging sometimes for me and perhaps for you in Christian ministry is it's not easily measurable. It's not always quantifiable. It's not easy for me at the end of a Sunday to look back and say, did anything good happen today because you can't see so much of it, you know? You wonder at times. Yes, they could measure the impact in their area, but there was a lot more that happened through them that they could never see. People that they reached who went to other places and began to reach others. The lives they touched went on to uh, touch others. And other churches and ministries were started as a result of their faithfulness to reach their region. And then it went beyond. A few years ago, our church went through a time of a stewardship campaign where we received a special offering. For the purpose of giving it away. Somebody could say, why in the world would you do that? Coastline, we got needs coming out our ears. Why would we go through the process? I mean, we, we essentially set a whole year in the, church, uh, in the life of our church aside for the purpose of receiving an offering to give it away. Somebody could say, why would a church do that, especially when they have their own needs? Because we want to be a church that makes an impact for the Lord in our region and beyond. We 
We took the vast majority of that offering and we, we gave it to a team from our church that went to a, a city called Fontana, north of here. And, and, and we wanted to be supportive of that work and we gave to enable them to, to do there what we're doing here. I'm telling you today, as I'm standing here and I'm doing my best to preach and teach the word of God, there's a vibrant, growing, alive church in Fontana. Why? Because of your giving and your loving and your serving and some from our church even going saying, hey, we won't just send, we will personally go I want you to know as I'm preaching here today there's a church in orange that not too far from here up the coast having services why because someone in this church was reached and grown and went to college to learn the Bible and we supported and we gave and we sacrificed and there's a church there today meeting doing what we're doing here because we're seeking to have an impact this week I traded emails with uh, uh, our missionary Luis uh, in Mexico and he's new to the field and serving with another missionary there but already we're talking about cities there in northern Mexico where he will go and start a church and every month in our lives as a church over 70 missionaries around the world receive prayers and support from our church why because we desire to make an impact for Jesus Christ not just here but around the world I pray for an impact in our area I, I love this area every now and then I'll hear people and they'll be critical of California and there's a lot to be critical of but I love this area I love the people of this area. By the way, uh, I don't understand the hearts of Christians who would flee a place that needs Jesus. That doesn't compute with me. Seems like those are the places we ought to rush into. I long to make an impact in our area. But friends, I'm glad to tell you that as we seek to do our best for that, we get to make an impact in regions beyond. Places where maybe we'll never meet those who come to know Jesus. We'll never even see the fruit of those churches that start other churches. But when it comes to this church at Thessalonica, their impact was continuous. You see, what this church did was they reached people and taught them to reach other people. They'd reach people and then they'd bring them to maturity in their faith. So they would have the capacity to then share with other people. This is how it must be done. I mean, when Paul was teaching another pastor by the name of Timothy, how ministry was to be done, he said this in 2 Timothy 2. He said, thou therefore, my son, speaking to Timothy, he said, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also he said timothy listen you've heard the messages i've preached the truth i've shared share that with other people but it doesn't stop there timothy he said bring them to the point that they then can share it with other people paul said take what you've learned from me give it to others in a way that they can give it to others ministry that makes an impact it's not just about reaching one at a time although it starts there it's about reaching people who in time can reach others. And that takes ministry from addition to multiplication. Impact requires all of us living as Christ would have. Now, as most of you know, next week is our church's 21st anniversary. And it's just so hard for me to believe. I think the years of my life, and many people would say the best years of my life, I've spent right here. They have not all been easy. I would do it again in a heartbeat if the Lord let me. You know, someone said, if you could do it all over again, uh, what would you do? And I thought, I don't want to do it all over again, you know. But if I could go back, and the Lord said, you got to go back. I'd say, all right, I'd want to do exactly what you've, what you've given me to do. 
I was watching Sarah Ayu leading the singing down here this morning. She came to Coastline when she was four months old, went to VBS her whole life, and here she is leading the singing for VBS. And man, there's a joy that comes to being a pastor in one place for a really long time. Uh, but it's amazing to me that 21 years have come and gone, and it's important for me that you understand I'd do it all over again uh, if I could. It's been amazing. When Lisa and I were preparing to come to this area, we didn't know anybody, not one person, not a single person. And we had so many dreams, so many things we hoped to accomplish. And this may sound strange to you, but in my little pastoral pea brain, I had a dream one day of having an office. I worked on a church staff before I came here, and it was a tiny office. I shared it with three other guys. I thought, man, someday I want to get one of those pastor offices where I can get my books out. I've never yet been able to get all my books out, but uh, that, that was a, a dream I had, as ridiculous as that sounds. I had a dream of seeing an entire family reach for Jesus Christ, like where the whole family, they weren't believers, and we just changed their whole family tree. And we've seen that happen many times uh, over the years. Um, I, I had dreams of preaching through the Bible, and we've preached through about 25 books in the New Testament, and, and the majority of those in the Old Testament in, in these years, and uh, I'm living the dream in that sense, getting an opportunity to preach through the Word of God verse by verse, but I, wa I want you to know, none of those dreams brought Lisa and I to this place. There really was one burning desire, one and had it been the only one, it would have been more than enough. There was one burning desire. We desperately longed to see a region touched with the power of the message of Jesus Christ. For us, that was mission critical. For years, we've delivered invitations to every accessible home in Oceanside, and we've seen many incredible things. But I'm not here today. We just talk about all that we've done. I'm here today to say that it is not done. There's so much more yet to do. There's still a city in need of people like you and like me. A, a, a place like this needs us. And if we're to make the impact that Jesus would have for us to make, we'll need to live intentionally for Jesus Christ. We'll need to be filled with his purpose and follow through on that. And, and we're, we're going to need to <coughs> increase personally as we grow in the Lord and serve him. And then we can begin to see an impact that can go on and on through the lives of those who've been changed by the power of Jesus question today are you living an impactful life are you living an impactful life I, I want our church to wonder are we making an impact as a church we all know there's room for improvement in every church my opening said there are no perfect churches we want to do our best in that regard but churches are comprised of people and I want to ask you today are you living a life that's making an impact for Jesus Christ why don't we let this church in the New Testament today show us how that's done? Why don't we today make a decision, Lord, I'm going to live a mission-critical life. I don't want to miss those things that you say are essential, critical to fulfilling the purpose that you've given to us. And then I want you to imagine with me what would happen if a church like ours, with people like us, just said, Lord... Help me to inspire people to develop a heart for you. Help me to reach those who don't know you so that they can. And for those that know you, Lord, help me to help them grow in you. God, help me to include people in a loving church family. 
Help me in a worship service. Be the kind of person that reaches out to others. Help me in a fellowship setting like a small group to truly be that brother or sister in Christ that you've called me to be. Lord, help me not to just be someone that, that, that comes periodically and sits in a seat. Help me to be actively engaged in serving and ministry. I would imagine if we made decisions like that, the impact part of it all, it would just happen. If we focused on obedience, we would then see the byproduct of lives that are given to the Lord in that way. Imagine with me what could happen in a few years' time if we said, God, help us to learn from these brothers and sisters in Thessalonica. Help us to live for the one they live for, but help us to do that which they did for their Lord and Savior. Our Father, thank you today for the opportunity we have to open your word and